Jake, we are back to discuss week two of the NFL. Uh, quick postmortem of week one here uh, before we get into the games. We got six games. If you don't want to hear about the postmortem, uh, there's timestamps. Timestamps in the show description. You can just go forward. Um, we'll talk about a few of them actually in our discussion of these games. Did want to hit a couple things on you highlighted Atlanta minus 175 as a C grade pick that you thought had some extra value. That was very well done. Uh, I went back and watched that game and uh, you know, Atlanta, I think what the model was picking up on a little bit and I think it's increased in their rating this week was just their ability to, to run the ball. They've got such a great offensive line uh, and that's what they did. They ran the ball, controlled the game really. Um, my personal take and, and, I mentioned this before, I'm going to go back and watch every game. I've watched about half of them of week one now. Uh, to me, I think Atlanta's key is going to be Desmond Ritter. If he is competent, that team is going to be really good. The drives that they really did well, he either they either kind of let him throw about 10 yards on the field. He was making those passes. He had that one long throw to Pitts that got him that one uh, short touchdown. When when he's okay, he doesn't have to be great, just okay. That team's going to be scary good. Got a decent enough defense. The drives where he looked incompetent and or you could tell they kind of went into a turtle offense, they're going to struggle to beat a good team. Uh, but a good call on you uh, on Atlanta. I want to give you, give you some props for that one. Yeah, you got to set me up before we, we tear apart the Giants game. Uh, well, we'll, but, we'll, we'll get to the Giants one later. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, it, it's scary. Like, Atlanta is really a quarterback, a good a decent quarterback away from being a very, very good team. The yeah. defense took advantage of the opportunities they had. They, I thought they played very well for the most part. I mean, there's weapons out there with Drake London not having a catch is excusable. And I think that was more due to the quarterback play, just Ritter not being good enough to help him out at all. I mean, you got weapons like Kyle Pitts and Al, the Algier and uh, Bijan. And, and they can throw it to Bijan as well. Yeah. This is very dangerous, and then you'll they'll get Cordell Patterson back at some point. The, the offense has got the weapons. They, yeah, I don't know. Man. They're I, I really like this Atlanta team. Maybe not yeah. so much this year. Next year, there's really something to keep an eye on. I've got their defense ranked tenth right now. Um, and again, we have a player based model, and so I think it's really important with all the moves in the off season. Uh, good enough defense. Uh, again, really just lies with you're right, Drake London, not even getting getting one target, no catches. Um, they, they didn't obviously have to force it to him because of Ritter not being well. And they could run the ball all day on Carolina. Yeah. Carolina, not a, not a very good team. We are going to cover them today, but they're going to struggle, I think, this year. Um, the real test for Atlanta is going to be what happens when they can't just run all over a team like that and what they need from Ritter. But I think you're right. If, if he plays just okay, they're pretty solid. If they actually accidentally got themselves into a good quarterback situation, that team's really good. Good enough defense, good enough for any game. Uh, good job on you, Atlanta. Next one, we'll talk about uh, the Bears. We didn't really expect much of either team in that one. I actually had Green Bay ranked 19th in Chicago, 25th coming into the week. So neither team was thought very highly of. I didn't really think much of either quarterback. We thought Fields might be a little bit better because he showed some signs and the way he could use his feet could offer some value for the Bears. But he looked just as bad as ever. Jordan looked actually pretty impressive for Green Bay. Uh, I don't know if you had any, any thoughts on that one other than just, you know, whatever Aaron Rodgers owning Chicago, apparently he passed that playbook down to Jordan Love, right? Yeah, I mean, that's – I can't imagine being a Bears fan because that's miserable. And I know it's week one and, like, everything overreacts, but after the last couple yeah. of years, you got to start questioning Justin Fields. Like, yeah. I mean, you went out and you got him a stud receiver and more, and he had two targets. Caught them both. 
did well when he had the ball. It's just, and I mean, your run game isn't going to help you out at all. I, I don't know that there was a valuable running back on, on that team. And I mean, I know the line's not great either, but I, I don't know. It's just this sets up to be a really rough year, um, especially this week. You, you would think Tampa coming in, that would be one you'd circled on your schedule preseason as, hey, we'll win that one. And, yeah. That's questionable with how they played. Uh, unless Brady decided to come back, which you just you still are just feel like you're always holding your breath. Maybe now he's going to the Jets. Who knows, right? Yeah, yeah really. <laughs> that would be the all-time move. Uh, that would be hilarious. I mean, Jordan Love did well. I don't know if he exceeded – like just because he exceeded my expectations, he was good. Because like d- digging into it, I mean, he's 15 of 27, didn't really need to do much, but he made the right plays. So I, I, I don't know. I was going to come back and say, I don't, the, the model didn't really change much about how it viewed him. I think it had to do with the expectations. I think he did relatively well for expectations. And that's, I think, what struck me about watching these games back here on the condensed version of these games is uh, I tried to, to uh, rectify how I, how I viewed him versus how uh, the, the, the actual data, how they graded out, how the model views them, et cetera. Uh, sometimes these young guys, I think I viewed a little bit more positively because my expectations i didn't expect much from you know you see all the top the top three you know we talk about quarterback ratings i mean to me in the tomorrow it's a clear top three and then it gets a little murky and then when you get to like 10 through 40 it's all kind of like i don't really know like there's some small differences there but it's really a, a very right skew distribution and you talk about those top three, though, and all three of them looked pretty questionable. Now, Mahomes, of course, was questionable because he has literally nobody catch a football. If Travis uh, Bilby, uh comes back, that's going to help him out a lot, obviously. But those guys were just could not catch a ball on Thursday night. Um, but even the other two didn't look great. Burrow, a little bit of the injury, a little bit of the weather, a little bit yeah. of I had. I was very high on Cleveland's defense. We'll talk about Cleveland later. I was very high on their defense, and they really proved the, mo- the model was the mo- the mo- very proven right there. Um, but, you know, Josh Allen making some very questionable decisions against a very good Jets defense, but didn't need to be so aggressive. So it's kind of interesting. We talk about these young quarterbacks and our expectations for them, these better quarterbacks and how well they, how much they struggled. It's like you can really overreact to a lot of what happened in week one based off which of where our expectations were for all these guys. Yeah. I mean, especially Josh Allen, you're starting to see a, a pattern there of like, yeah. I don't know, like a Brett Favre esque. I'm going to force it in there and something like, and then, I mean, not that the, the fumble was totally his fault, but man, that yeah. was rough. There, one of the basically gave him the game, like yeah. the one at the end where he yeah. picked it up and then dropped it again. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, that's the story everybody's talking about out of that game, right? The, the Josh Allen, those turnovers, nothing. Yes. Nothing else, nothing else important happened in that game. Um, and, and of course uh, he's long been talked about as the, you know, the no, 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 yes guy, because so many times he makes the yes play, but when he does, and that's the thing is he, he, he needs to do that against the better teams. We want him to be aggressive because he is very good. It's just, you don't want him to do that against a team with Zach Wilson, at quarterback and no offense to Zach Wilson. I'm sure he's a nice guy. Uh, there are a lot of quarterbacks, there's a lot of backup quarterbacks in the league that they should be looking to trade for that are better than, than Zach Wilson. And that's just the, the cold hard truth. Uh, not that Zach Wilson can't be good later. It's just, he's not there yet. Um, and so I- anyway, the, the last one, of course, we're going to talk about is the giants and Sunday night. Look, I don't know on that one, it, you know, a little bit, you know, first off, the, the the model is not built to overreact, but the Cowboys have skyrocketed in the model. A little bit of that is some health, some guys that we were questionable about uh, if they would be playing in week one. And so they were getting a little bit dinged there. Um, 
you know, a little bit as, you know, some of those guys played really well. Some of them didn't have to, you know, a guy like Dak didn't have to do a single thing for the Cowboys. You wonder how that game plays out if the first field goal isn't blocked, returned for six, and then uh, two possessions later, the Giants, then if Saquon Barkley doesn't catch a ball and then just throw it up and say, hey, you go score a touchdown. That makes it, you know, uh, 16 zip right off the bat and gets the Giants into the gameplay. Now, a little bit, we talked about this, right? We talked about the Giants should be set up for success to run the ball against the Cowboys. Cowboys are better in the secondary than they are against the run. And we kind of saw that early on. And then interesting that at the second drive of the game, I think the Giants went pass, 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 punt. And it made maybe more. And then later on, they kind of got out of the game plan because they had to. They were down by so much. I kind of get that. But you have to kind of wonder about some of the coaching decisions there as well, just knowing that, you know, Daniel Jones, not the greatest quarterback out there, not one of those top 10 guys, and that his strength is going to be his efficiency. His strength is going to be moving the ball on the ground with his legs. And you saw that a little bit there from him on that first drive. That's where he's going to add value to the team, not throwing the ball with Saquon Barkley, you know, soften up and then have him be able to find some open receivers. That's the game plan. I don't know how much of that was just, you know, the Cowboys being really good. And we just completely botched it with the Jets. And how much of it was those two plays really early on, really through that game. And I thought that's what was going to happen to the Jets uh, with what happened to them on their fourth play. Uh, I think it was the fourth play of the, of the game, but then somehow they came back and won. So a couple weird games in New York to wrap up week one in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, the Giants game. That the first drive, I was like, man, this is going to be nice. Looks great. It looks yep. exactly yep. like what I thought would happen. Yep. And then the block fill going. Yep. Run, 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 run in the ball, Jones running the ball a little bit, you know, short passes, safe, you know. Yeah, it looks great. And then, like, you know, I was like, ah, well, that sucks. But, you know, we'll get it right back. It's almost like they don't even lose any rhythm because the next play they're getting the ball back. And then they just forgot everything on that. And yeah. yeah. Saquon Bartley tossing the ball up. Everything else. I mean, the kicker was just terrible that game too, you know. Uh, yeah. I mean, the – Cowboys didn't show anything on offense because they didn't have to. They, I mean, Dak they didn't have to. hundred less than one hundred and fifty yards, but did, I don't know. Seemed to not even care. They tried. Just yeah. it was just. It was almost like that's what the Bills' game plan should have been. Just kind of keep everything vanilla once they got that lead, and then they they shot Josh Allen just gunslinging around like he's back in, you know, back out in the wild west of Wyoming, right? And uh, it's just a different, different, different coach, different mentality, and it definitely cost the Bills. Uh, that's enough about Week One. We've got Week Two to talk about. We'll talk about a couple of those games, a couple of those picks here as we move forward. We'll get started here Thursday. Uh, the, the Thursday night in Minnesota, Philadelphia. We had Philadelphia. You had them as a B pick. Fantastic addition by you to our slate there. Uh, model was very high on Philadelphia. Had the number one last week. Has them number two this week. Uh, still having them a little bit less high on that defense than it was. A little bit injury related. And the injuries are going to shuffle some teams around. It's a benefit to the player base model. We'll get a good look at how these teams are. Of course, last week we talked about the Chiefs coming into Thursday. Didn't have... You know, we recorded the show before Travis Kelsey's injury. Uh, that affected it. So you never know what will happen between now and Thursday. But this Philadelphia team is still very strong. An incredibly good offense. Vikings, not a bad team themselves. I had them at number 10. A good offense that ranks number 7. Uh, defensively, though, these two teams are more around the middle of the pack. That's part of the reason why the model is projecting 51.4 points. We're going to go over 48 point. Five. It's like a C plus pick. It's our only C pick of the of the game of the day. Uh, just missed out on this by literally about a tenth of a point from it catching over to the threshold of a beast. We talk about this with, with the baseball show as well. 
you know, I have arbitrary thresholds. Every, no matter what threshold I set, there's going to be where if I'm doing this A, B, it, it, technically, you know, if I wanted to grade this out and not give A, B, C and actually give it letter grades this, or number grades, this would be like a 79. This would be the one where you go up to the teacher after class and say, come on, can I get a B out of this, right? Still pretty good value. Thinking a lot of points. Jake, why did this one catch your eye? Like the Vikings started off weird with the fumbles mm. and all that. And, and they, I think they're a very good offense. I mean, Justin, everybody knows who Justin Jefferson is. That's that's fine. Kirk Cousins, very very good. I know he, he's a little nerdy and he gets a little weird sometimes. And but I mean he's he's a very very good player. Uh, Addison stepped right in. Mm, he looks great. Like it's going to be a great number two. And you got Hawkinson. I don't, the run game scares me a little bit, uh, but from this offense, but. Who knows? Maybe they, they improve that this way on the short week. The, they're running backs ranked number 31, according to the sidelines. So I think you're very right to be concerned about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But and then on the other side, it's not like Philadelphia is that much better at running the ball. Uh, they're, I mean, Jalen Hurts lets them run the ball better. So I think some yeah. of those numbers look better than what they actually are. Like their running backs to me are very, uh, uh, but you, with AJ Brown and Devontae Smith on the outside and with Hurts' ability to run it. And I don't think you're going to get two bad games out of Hurts back-to-back weeks i think there's gonna be points all over because you know there's not enough time to prepare for these for either of these teams to prepare for the, these kind of offenses these are very high-powered offenses and as you have them ranked up there too i, I just mm-hmm. i don't see a way this is going to be anything less than like 30 one team the winning teams will have in the 30s and losing teams will be upper 20s it's gonna be a close but i think there's gonna be a ton of points you just going to see these Thursday games more vanilla game plans because they don't have time to do anything different. And that creates a little bit vanilla on the offense and defense both. Uh, it kind of works both ways, right? Sometimes if the, it turns out, it almost to me makes things a little bit more extreme. When the defenses are a little bit better than the offenses, you're going to see those ugly, you know, 17 to 16 type games. Uh, when the offense is a little bit better than the defenses, you tend to see more high scoring. It kind of takes things a little bit more extreme yeah. because you just don't have time to kind of work on your, handle your weaknesses here. And it's, again, not these defenses are terribly weak. They're, they're both okay. Um, you know, the difference between those defensive ratings, I think, is probably smaller than it looks there. Uh, it's just the offenses are both really good, and you can see that there. Uh, both teams run block very well, so they don't really have a great running back, but they run block very well, which kind of solves that deficiency a little bit because yeah. you've got some big holes. You've got two really good quarterbacks. You've got Hertz and Cousins ranked fourth and fifth. Now, the, the fourth, fifth, and sixth are all kind of about tied. Uh, there, so I mean, you got two, you know, two of your better quarterbacks right behind those tier, those top three. Uh, Cousins, you know, like you said, gets you know gets a little disrespect here and there, but w- when you look around the league, you know, he's he's definitely up there. Uh, I think you have a guy like Hertz with the potential to be clearly better than him with a little bit more consistency. You've got a guy like Tua who looked fantastic, who absolutely has that chance. Uh, you know, Justin Herbert, of course, is also in that group. Uh, you, you got some guys that that have more potential. I think than Kirk Cousins, but the fact that Cousins just goes up there and is usually very good, all those fumbles from last week aside, uh, you know, it's reliably going to put up points. You had Philadelphia game got over last week, pushed one number over on the other number, despite the rain, uh, as we added that as an A grade pick uh, at the end of the week, uh, as that number came down too much. Without the rain, that number probably goes flying over because uh, the rain def- definitely messed it up. So ho- hopefully some better weather here. And so 
we're expecting a little bit more of a higher scoring game. Two teams that also play relatively fast for NFL standards. They like to get out there, like to run. They can score. They can move the ball. And that's what we're expecting to see on Thursday. Over 48 and a half, C grade pick. Uh, would really like 48. If you can find a 48, that definitely gets it to a B grade pick, uh, knowing that 48 is a uh, – possible landing spot for this game 40 and a half still solid i'm like you i think it gets into the 50s model so 51.4 uh, but a little extra value on 48 than there is on 48 and a half still worth an investment here for thursday night though sunday 1 p.m eastern indianapolis and houston um not the strongest quality of football that's for sure the Texans, I actually don't think are going to be terrible this year if they can get healthy. They've got a couple of linemen out, and that really hurts their blocking um, metrics. That drags their offensive rating down. Obviously, neither one of these teams has a quarterback that you have a lot of faith in today. Both of them have potential. I watched both of those games last week. Neither one of them looked bad. They both looked okay. Um, but again, I think that's partially my expectations were very low. Neither offense really asked them to do much. And that's partially why they didn't look bad because they weren't tasked with doing much. Thankfully for both of them, they're not going to be up against defenses that are going to put a ton of pressure on them. I guess neither one of these defenses is fantastic. The Texans actually grayed out around league average. And that probably is the difference in this one, why we like the Texans here, plus 105. It's a B grade pick model since they won it 56% of the time and should be two point two-point favorites. Uh, Jake, what is it about Houston that you like in this one? Or maybe what is it about Indianapolis that you dislike? <laughs> yeah, I think that's more of the route I'm going. Look, Anthony Richardson, I was low on him in college. He impressed me, but still wasn't very good um, in his first game. And the line didn't do him any favors. He was having to run around a little bit more than – and I think he opts into that a little too quick too. And you saw that at the end of the game – got hurt right down there at the goal line and Minshew looked lost. I don't know if he had practiced at all. It's well, hard. It's hard. I, I'm not it, knocking him. They just, it's yeah, hard I was to, come to, to come in cold. Come, come in like, cold in that situation where it's like, oh, hey, we, you got like three plays. You need to punch us in the end zone. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I've been sitting yeah, here I mean, doing nothing for three hours. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, and I mean, like, it's just impossible to be ready for that. Uh, but, it's man, I just the running backs are boom, for Indianapolis mm -hmm. uh, dropping the ball everywhere. I mean, mm -hmm. I think there might be a chance Moss comes back, and I think that that'll help him out. But if he's not, it's just Deion Jackson. Whew, that's going to be rough. Uh, Pittman is a good receiver, but I like Downs, but I don't think he's there yet. I it's, Downs is more of a down the field kind of guy, and so is Pierce. And I don't think Anthony Richardson can do that quite yet especially in the NFL. Houston's defense really surprised me. I, I thought that was going to be just as weak as their offense. It turned out they were fairly decent last week. C.J. Stroud, I don't think he turned the ball. Well, no, he fumbled once, right? Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I, I didn't see him make any just absolutely terrible throws. He's not got a ton of weapons to work with either. So, mm -hmm. I mean, maybe Collins develops. Maybe Pierce gets a little bit better, and that offense scores just enough because, man, the Colts look really, really bad. Uh, a bunch of things to follow up on what you said there. The Colts running backs ranked 30th. They rank 30th because I have Moss at 70%. He's listed as questionable right now. Sideline thinks that Jake Funk ought to be getting some carries over Deion Jackson. I don't even know who these guys are. Maybe you know who they are. 
I don't know who he oh, is, but the model says he's better than Deion Jackson. So yeah, the, the Colts are really hurting at running back. Obviously, um, not really breaking news there. The Texans wide receiver tight end group ranks 26th. So you're absolutely right. Not a lot of weapons there. The Colts rank 27th. So you're talking about not a lot of guys at the skill position here. Uh, running back position a little stronger for the Texans, and that helps as well. But again, missing a couple of guys on the offensive line is going to kind of counteract that a little bit. And that's, I think, part of the reason why the um, Colts grade out a little better offensively because their line grades out as better than the Texans does right now. Uh, but yeah, not a lot happening for either offense. Uh, it's really just about the defense that Colts defense. I'm not really that high on here, as you can obviously see, and the Texans defense decent enough. Um, obviously these injuries and some of these things kind of matter because a guy like Moss definitely helps the Colts out without him. Like you said, the running back is even worse. Uh, Going to be some ugly football here. Plus odds offer some pretty strong value on the Texans. Yeah, the, One the, PM Eastern. The, I was going to say, the Colts that scored last week was a little inflated with the flukiest, weirdest defensive touchdown I've seen in a while where Tank Bigsby had just given up and <laughs> the safety came through and just punched it out. So, I mean, really they only scored twice against a Jacksonville defense that's oh. – anyway. Yeah, that, that was really weird. Uh, 1 p.m. Eastern, Seattle and Detroit – Got these two teams pretty even here. Detroit rising a little bit in the rankings. I know we have a few Lions fans watching this who are upset that I'm not very high on their team. Uh, I always joke with the people in the Discord. I hate I hate everyone's team. I hate your team. And I think your rival's going to kick your ass this year. Uh, that's the joke because I actually don't care. I don't have any allegiance to any of these teams. I'm not really a big NFL fan of a team. I'm a fan of whoever I'm putting my money on that week. Um the Lions, you know, credit to them for getting that win Thursday. They needed all the help in the world. They needed no Travis Kelsey. They needed the Kansas City wide receivers to drop every pass. They needed no Chris Jones. Uh, sounds like he's going to be back for them, which matters. Of course, we'll talk about Kansas City here uh, next. But I'm still not overly high on this Lions team. Can they grade out a little bit better this week? Uh, not quite as low as they were before, but I, I think they're still going to need the, a, a good amount of breaks uh, in order to make the playoffs. And I would say the same thing about Seattle. I think both of these teams, looking at them, they have some clear deficiencies. Seattle's deficiency is more on the offensive end of the ball, more of a run-of-the-mill, ho-hum team, just not really having a Detroit. A little bit better offensively, but that defense is really concerning. Uh, and again, everything I saw from Detroit Thursday kind of backs that up. I wasn't really overly impressed. It felt like a game that Kansas City, if Kansas City was decent at all, would have won that game. But I think Kansas City, without Kelsey, without Chris Jones, it's kind of a one-man band. And obviously that one man is really incredible. Uh, but I have them as a bottom half of the league team. I can't believe I'm saying this. I have the Chiefs as a bottom half of the league team if it's just Mahomes, no Kelsey, and no Chris Jones. I can't remember an NFL team. Uh, it's been a long time since there's one that's been so heavily concentrated, all their skill on so few players uh, that is actually a contender. Usually if your skills concentrate on a few players, you're not very good, right? But the fact that they are good, it's just concentrated like that is really crazy to me. And, and had that not happened, I think Detroit it doesn't win that game. The wins in the books, can't take it away from them. Going to be a real toss-up situation here. Models is 52%. I don't know who wins this game, but Seattle offers incredible value at plus 210. It's just a coin toss situation. Either team could win this game. I think Detroit's a little bit more likely to win. But this is one of those bets that if we can make the same bet every week, even if we only win 48% of them, even if we only win 45% of them, heck, even if we only win 40% of them, plus 210 is going to make us a good amount of money. Uh, Jake, what do you have to add to this discussion? But, I mean, you're right. Detroit won, but, man, they got a lot of help. Those KC receivers are running that round wide open. It's not like 
Mahomes was throwing it into tight gaps, and, and then they were dropping it. There was wide open all over the field, uh, yeah. and there was running backs making mistakes too. Detroit's offense, I think, is a little bit more ahead of where I thought they would be, but that defense is real lacking, and I think Seattle has – I mean, Geno Smith showed last year he can be a very, very mm-hmm. solid quarterback. Kenneth Walker is a good running back. I don't know if – like the locket situation, if how he's doing, I know they had him out for concussion protocol type stuff. If he's back and you got Jackson's uh, JSN and DK, DK Metcalf, that's going to be really tough for this line team to keep them held back. Like the, which is surprising, the Rams had a pretty good defensive performance. I didn't expect that. I mean, I know Donald's still out there, but. Uh, but anyway, I just man, I, I don't see the Lions getting that lucky again twice. I, I think this game's much tighter, much more of a coin toss, and I'm gonna take the plus odds here and get paid a, a little more than two to one. Right now, Metcalf and Lockett are both cleared off the injury report. Doesn't mean they won't show back up, right? That's sometimes the danger. So right now, I've got both those guys at 100. That could affect this probability, and that's why we like the A grade plays because we're saying even if things change, we still have a decent wiggle room here so even if those guys are out you know that's definitely going to drop seattle's win probably 48 to you know 47 46 45 right and that's why i said though even if we're only at 40 percent plus 210 offers great value even if i'm a little bit less confident seattle wins don't know who wins this one it could be if seattle's water receivers are healthy that 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 obviously bodes a lot better for them uh so i had that as the rams defense thought they would be a little bit better than people were thinking uh, and sure enough that came through it felt like the model got more things right than wrong which is obviously always a good place to be Yet. One didn't know everything, but more right than wrong is always good. Uh, this Detroit uh, defense, as you mentioned, though, uh, number 30th ranked against the run, number 27 ranked against the pass. Um, and and Seattle has enough weapons, a decent enough quarterback. Geno Smith, I've got him ranked number 13. Got the running back crew ranked number 12, wide receiver tied at number eight. They struggle a little bit on the line, and that's the other key issue with Seattle. They've got a couple that both of their offensive tackles are questionable. And if both those guys are out, that line's going to get even worse. And that's where this game gets really interesting because then Detroit's defense not very good, but maybe can get enough pressure on uh, Seattle really mess up things in the run game with a half-baked line. And that's where Detroit's going to really stand a much better chance. So we're hoping one of those tackles plays. They're both questionable. Questionable players are more likely than not to play. So hopefully they both do play. Uh, but Seattle, a couple of injury issues here. To the best of our ability right now, we think it's a coin toss. We will update this for our dub club members later in the week with a new probability based off that injury report. Uh, it, the benefit for the Lions, at least, having a long week, everybody seems mostly healthy. They don't have quite the same concerns. Yeah. Uh, that Seattle has uh, going forward here. But it should be a close contest if Seattle isn't completely (laughs) on the mend and plus 210 offers some good value. Uh, To those Kansas City Chiefs that we're talking about, ranking a lot higher now, Chris Jones is listed as probable. That's because he hasn't been with the team. So we're not 100% he's going to play. But he's mostly back into this. Uh, into the model for this. Travis Kelsey's listed as questionable. He's mostly back into the model as well. And that gives them a big boost. That puts them still number eight overall. And that's where I think some people might be surprised. I'm not overly high on this Chiefs team. And I think you saw why on Thursday night. I wasn't high on them before Thursday night either. Uh, the fact is they just don't have a ton of talent on that team depth-wise. And that's what's going to hinder their chances at making a deep run. Obviously, you never know what sort of trades will happen. Uh, you know, not a lot of trades in the NFL, but every once in a while we have seen some trades that have impacted things. You know, they just 
don't have a ton of talent there to support those three main players. Obviously, getting Chris Jones back helps a lot. He at least makes that defense closer to average. Kelsey matters because he can hold on to the ball, maybe takes a little pressure off those other wide receivers. We throw to him less. We're talking about him less. They screw up less. They get, you know, that sort of thing. It's kind of a cascading effect. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes is the driving force as well to the offense, getting a 121 grade. I like the Chiefs. I'm not that high on them. I like them here because I'm not high on Jacksonville. And some people that may surprise as well. Number 26. I know this is a team that people are talking about going to the playoffs, talking about winning the Super Bowl. Again, like I mentioned with the Lions last week, I don't actually hate anybody's team. I joke that I do. I'm not purposely trying to make the Jaguars look worse. The model just doesn't believe in their talent, thinks okay offense and okay defense the problem with the jaguars specifically when we dive into what sideline says is the fact that they aren't good on the offensive line and that is going to matter otherwise top 10 running back crew 11th wide receiver and tight end and that's probably going to go up a little bit because calvin ridley not having a couple years of data model was a little bit skeptical i'm not going to overreact to one game but he did look fantastic uh zay jones looked fantastic as well in that game they keep playing like that that's going to become a top 10 wide receiver unit trevor lawrence is serviceable enough i think he's just kind of one of those run-of-the-mill quarterbacks at this point potential to even get better though the blocking is the problem number 26 pass blocking number 32 run blocking and a defense that ranks 28 against the pass that doesn't bode well playing the chiefs number seven against the run this jack's defense isn't terrible i think they could stop the run I think that's going to be the problem, though, is stopping the pass with Mahomes, especially if Kelsey's there. We're going to take the Chiefs at minus 165. It's a strong B-grade pick. Model says they win this a nice 69% of the time. Jake, tell us more. Yeah, I just, I'm just i not a believer in Jacksonville either. I mean, the playoffs, I don't know. That makes a lot of sense. After watching Indianapolis and Houston and Tennessee just struggle to football, yeah. I mean, the Jack- Jacksonville at least looked like a competent team, but I, I don't think they've got the depth especially I think what Ridley goes down. Zay Jones is not a one receiver no matter what. And I think Kansas City's got a defense good enough to at least kind of knock him down a peg, not let him run wild. And uh, the Colts have no clue where he was. I don't think that's going to happen. Zay Jones is not the guy to uh, just dominate a team there. NTN, I mean, I haven't decided where I feel on him yet. He's got, he's got all the talent in the world, but it just seems something's always in his way. And it's probably the line that's in his way because Jacksonville can't block anybody. And you're adding Chris yeah, Jones, and yeah. he's one of the best defensive players in the league. He, I mean, he's, it's not like the defense changed that much in the what few months he was out away from the team. It's, he's been on that team for a while. Everything else has been the same. Yeah, he's yeah. going to be – right He should be, able, should be able to step right in. The only yeah. concern you have with him is maybe does he have a little bit reduced minutes that sort of thing? But yeah, uh, I don't, I don't see that being much of a problem, uh, especially if it's if this game kind of goes where where Kansas City I think he'll get ahead early. It'll go to a passing and he's able to just pin his ears back and chase chase down Lawrence. I think it'll all be about how in shape he is. Uh, yeah, to, I mean Kansas City's got to figure out how to run the ball because and that Pachenko and. Uh, Edwards Hilaire and McKinnon were not not very good last week, but you can't put it all in Mahomes, and especially if his receivers are going to be like that. So Kelsey yeah. has to play, but uh, for this team to be good, but I, I think Jacksonville's going to be much worse than what they looked last week. 
Yeah, and and a few things to follow up on that. Number one, the Colts pass defense. I don't know if I mentioned this specifically earlier. Ranks thirty second. So how much was? Zay Jones looks good. Calvin Ridley looked like he was a number one receiver again. Ingram looking good at the tight end position. How much of that was they can't defend the pass whatsoever. And we've known that from day one, uh, you know, how much of it's they're really good, you know, kind of will determine that here. Not that the chiefs offer a great defense, but 14th on past efficiency, past defense efficiency. Uh, and again, part of that's with Chris Jones who can cause some havoc there and get after the quarterback. That's going to be the key to this game, making sure he's healthy in shape and able to put that pressure on Trevor Lawrence and stuff up the running game for Etienne. If that's the case. This Jacksonville O-line is going to be so overwhelmed. I don't think they're going to be able to score off of Kansas City the way that a good offense should. Uh, if he's you know, out of shape, not effective, that gives the Jaguars a fighting chance. But either way, you still have to think the Chiefs should be able to pass all day long uh, off the Jaguars. And if, you know, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think that the Chiefs need to figure out the running game. This is the week probably not going to be as big of a deal. Long-term, obviously, something uh, to worry about here. But minus 165 is a really short price. My hunch is this price is a little bit low because of concerns with Kelsey, concerns with Chris Jones. I'm more concerned about the latter than the former. Kelsey, the fact that they didn't – the fact that he might have played on Thursday but didn't tells me by Sunday he's probably fine. If he can't play nine days later, uh, ten days later – then that tells me he was never in a million years going to play on Thursday and the whole updating, trying to figure that out was a complete waste of time. So uh, I feel like he's probably good to go. Jones should be out there as well. You just have to assume that he wasn't in terrible shape or something. If he was, it's going to be a long year for him because it's not like you could just figure that out in a week, right? So it's going to be tough. You have to assume he's still in good enough shape. Obviously, how good of shape does he need to be in as a defensive tackle, right? It's not like he's, you know, a wide receiver and losing a tenth of, you know, a step is going to matter. So, should be fine. I don't quite understand it. I think there's just some skepticism around the Chiefs. I have that same skepticism. I'm just a high on this Jaguars team. I don't really think they've got the O-line to compete. They might win that division simply because that division has two of the worst teams in football. And a Titans team that's got some questions, and I really don't know what to make of them. The model's relatively high on their defense, higher than it should be probably on Tannehill, and obviously they can run the ball. So the model's like hey, the Titans are decent enough. I don't know. It's going to be between the Titans and the Jaguars in that division, probably. I'm not really sure either one's very good. Someone will have to win it, Pro probably, I think. Um, if, if there's a way for it to not happen, those the two teams will figure it out. <laughs> but it's not high on Jacksonville. Uh, it was a fun story for them last year. I like a lot of their players. It's just I don't think their defense is good enough. I don't think their line's good enough. Kansas City minus 165. Be great value for us there. A late afternoon game. Washington and Denver, we attempted to get the over in Washington's game last week, fell like one point short when Washington has the ball late in the game and kick a field goal, make it a seven-point game, decides to punt instead because there's like 10 seconds to go. Way too many field goals in that game. It's one of those where it feels like we had the right idea with it. We had the right read. It's just sometimes you're going to miss an over or you're going to get an under when there's too many field goals. Sometimes you're going to vice versa that when there's not enough field goals right and that's just too many field goals missed opportunity there at the end but i think we kind of read there i kind of take a step at the cmid here washington and denver gonna go over 38 model projects 45.7 i'm not sure it gets to 45 7 uh you know uh, 44 41 42 44 45 all 
relatively key impossible numbers that I think this can get. So I think this can get into the low 40s. This seems like a run-of-the-mill football game. Like, Washington's not very good, but, like, it's not that their defense is terrible. It's not that their offense is terrible. They're just not very good at football. You know, Denver's just kind of there. Like, I don't see why this totals at 38 because, to me, a total of 38 is somebody can't play offense or somebody has a great defense or there's some pace thing. And you don't really see a lot of that pace thing in the NFL. Of course, asterisk, maybe the Jets will now. I don't know what that will. We'll see what their gameplay will be now. But you don't see a ton of pace. Even when you look at the pace on this, Washington projects to play a little bit faster than average, Denver right around average. I don't know. I don't see why this total is so low uh, here. feels like a just normal football game. And normal football games tend to get into the low 40s. Uh, so that's kind of what I think here over 38, pretty good value uh, and right on a key number at 38 as well. Uh, Jake, what do you got for us? Like, I, I think this will be, a, I think you've got a nail mid 40s feels right. Does Denver probably get in Jerry Judy back? Um, he was close to playing last week. Add that in with Cortland Sutton. That's, I mean, Russell Wilson has, Strange of a year uh, last year was for the Broncos. He still did very well. He had a pretty decent week last week. Um, nobody really there to run the ball for him, so it's going to be a lot of passing, uh, which was weird that Samaj P. Run was the leading receiver for them last week. That, I didn't, that I didn't catch me. that while. Yeah. Worries me just a little bit. But, uh, I mean, Washington's defense, not that great. Uh, I mean, Dobbs, they couldn't take advantage of Dobbs really – being with a team for a week and a half. I mean, he, he didn't do great, but he didn't do terrible. He didn't turn the ball over. Throw. If they're not going to force that out of him, what are they going to do with a, a guy of Russell Wilson's talent? Uh, I still really like Sam Howell. I like his receiving core with McLaurin, Samuel, and Dotson. Uh, I think I think they've got a pretty good running back in Brian Robinson Jr. I think there's a lot of offensive potential there. I think we're going to get a lot of points because I don't think the defenses are quite to the same level as where, where the offenses are here. And to follow up on that, Washington's wide receiver tight end crew ranks number 12. So I think you're right to, to be positive about them. Um, Russell Wilson is a guy who I'm very curious to see how he plays out this year. There was all the talk about with the new coach coming in, kind of giving it to him straight about, uh, you know, less focus on his brand and his global empire and more focused on football. Really curious to see how his season plays out. Model still thinks he's decent enough. Um, if if Washington could not stop Arizona, who has got like half an offense at this point, uh, you know, even with Kyler Murray, they wouldn't be that good. Without him, they're even worse. You have to assume Denver could score some points. And I'm not sure if I'm sold 100% personally on Sam Howell. I know that the model actually likes the backup better than Howell. But, you know, the coaches see a lot of things in practice that we don't get to see necessarily. They're high on him. They think he's good. He was obviously very good at North Carolina. If they're, you know, this, this is a great opportunity to prove yourself. You know, this Denver defense, uh, pass defense efficiency number 15, just very run of the mill. This is your, you know, a chance to go out there and prove to us that you belong here. He graded out a little bit better than some of the, uh, you know, rookie quarterbacks did in that first game. Here's, like I said, here's your chance against a, you know, very mediocre slash slightly below average uh, defense here. 
uh, overall that, that, you know, time, time to do it kind of thing. And we don't even need you to do a ton because 38 is a really low number. Uh, this, this number just implies that there's going to be a ton of field goals, ton of punts. And I don't know, like, I, I think there's going to be some, but it's not like these defenses appear to be good enough to really dominate this game. It just feels like I said, like a normal football game getting to the low mid forties. So um, we're going to take a chance here with the over 38, a grade value for us there, which takes us to Monday night and another a grade play. And this one, I was high on Cleveland coming in. One of my stronger picks in week one was Cleveland over Cincinnati. Uh, The model now getting a, a stronger look at Deshaun Watson Uh, moves him up now to the 15th ranked quarterback. And if he continues to play uh, like his previous self, that's only going to go up because we all know he has the potential to be a top 10, maybe even top five quarterback uh, in the league. Definitely did not show it last year. That's why the model's kind of hedging its bets a little bit on him. But either way, that defense uh, grades out as number one against the pass, number 13 against the run. You saw against the pass, they just shut down any bit of passing game in week one that was coming from Cincinnati. Here's the thing, Pittsburgh, not really set up for success in the passing game now that they've lost their best wide receiver. They're down to one and a half competent wide receivers. I'll say they rank 23rd now after they've lost Deontay Johnson. Also lost one of their better defensive players, which drops their defense that was graded very high now down to 18, uh, just below league average. I mean, it's just a tough time to be a Steelers fan with a couple of bad injuries, a quarterback that just looked very meh, uh, but also doesn't really have a lot of weapons right now. Not great pass blocking in front of him, ranks 28th. Not a lot happening in the running game right now. There's just not a lot to be excited about for Pittsburgh. And I thought, kind of feel like 48, 72, however, depends on when you're watching this, hours ago, there was a lot of optimism in Pittsburgh. Now it doesn't look so much, but if you're in Cleveland, you have to have a ton of optimism. The model's really high on this team, has them number six overall, thinks they win 66% of the time, and tremendous value here on Cleveland, minus 133. The model thinks it should be priced about minus 200. Uh, It's on the road. Road doesn't really matter a ton in the NFL these days. Rivalry game, I don't know if that really matters with what we saw from Pittsburgh, who's just already falling apart from week one. Uh, Jake, we're going to wrap up here Monday night with an A-grade winner. What do you think about this one? Man, Pittsburgh, talk about a fall from grace. They were perennial up there, good Super Bowl contender, and now, who So I saw Antonio Brown was looking to see if he can get back on the roster because he heard he needs some receivers. Maybe that's the spark they need. I don't know. Uh, it's just, can't, it can't hurt at this point because, I mean, it falls off quickly according to sideline after uh, they get done to the third, third guy, fourth guy is like, oof, it's bad. Yeah, I mean, Vermouth, Vermouth, however you say the tight end's name, so the injury report, that doesn't help that line. I don't know. I can't really tell how I feel about Pickett. I feel like he's not going to be very good, but I don't know the line. I feel like you can blame all, half his stuff on the line, not giving him a chance, yeah. or his receivers yeah, not being good enough. Najee Harris, I don't, what has happened to that guy? He was dominant at Alabama, and now he had 30 yards last week. All that to say, I mean, Cleveland looks – Great. The defense is incredible. Deshaun Watson was playing in the same conditions as Joe Burrow and outdid him, ran a touchdown, threw a touchdown, at least cleared 100 yards. Uh, I mean, he's got two pretty decent receivers in Cooper and uh, Moore. 
I mean, Nick Chubb, though, is all they really need for this game. And he's going to run all over this Pittsburgh team. He had 100 yards last week. At, I'm assuming he would get close to 200 this week. Uh, but I think this is a very dominant win for the, the Cleveland. I'm very excited to get it at minus, minus 130. Yeah, fantastic price here. This is one, you know, run, don't walk. Uh, Cleveland is what the Falcons hope to be, I think, with regards to can Desmond Ritter turn into a quarterback in the same caliber as Deshaun Watson? Uh, that'd be their hope, of course. Same situation, though. Cleveland run blocking ranks number four. Uh, running back crew ranks number six. Defense up there. And so it's one of those, if you got a good defense, you got good run blocking, you can run the ball, and you got a competent quarterback, you're gonna you're gonna make the playoffs in the NFL. You're gonna be dangerous in the playoffs, and anything can happen when you get to that time of year. Especially uh, Cleveland with their you know potential home field advantage with the crazy weather that can come up there in the winter. Uh, so I mean, this team I think is absolutely for real. Pittsburgh, you know, had a tough one playing against a really good 49ers team. Brock Purdy, I mean, uh, didn't really know what to make of what happened last year, but. Looks like he might be the man. I mean, that was a, a pretty good performance. That 49er defense is really good, so you can't see any away from It's just that I think they're going to be in a similar situation in Cleveland. I've seen Francisco slightly higher than Cleveland, but, I mean, it's kind of set up to be the same thing. A quarterback that you don't know exactly what to make of but has some potential, got some pieces on offense, has a good defense. I mean, it's kind of the same story of what Pittsburgh's going to go up against Cleveland, and I don't really think it's going to fare that much better for them. Uh, again, in the NFL, you never really know, and it feels like every game comes down to the fourth quarter, and so that's kind of can be frustrating. But this Cleveland team is just much better than Pittsburgh. That's the benefit of the player-based model is we can update the rosters based off all the injuries, and these injuries are going to take quite a toll on Pittsburgh. So yeah, one of the stronger picks again this week, I think is uh, back in Cleveland until the market catches up and realizes that this team actually is for real. And if Deshaun Watson again, finds his form from a few years ago, I mean, the sky's the limit for this team. They're definitely going to be in the Super Bowl conversation. If you're a Browns fan, you have to be really pleased with what you've seen. Yeah. I mean, your fourth quarter comment, that's, that's my wife's argument every Sunday. It's like, why don't we have to watch the whole thing? Why can't we just wait to the fourth quarter? Yeah, it. True, and, and, although I don't want to do whatever it is she's wanting me to do. Fair, also true. I, the, the issue, it's it's you know there are a couple games that are decided by the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, I think both of these were that game last week, right? You know, you didn't really need to watch either one of these teams last week, and it was done by the fourth quarter. But there's so many that it comes down to the fourth quarter, and you're just like, it's tight. It's right around the spread. It's right around the total, and it's like, man, if you get. One thing going your way or one thing not going your way, it's going to just determine the bet. The biggest thing we're hoping to do is we know those are going to be the coin tosses. Can we get enough of these, you know, picks like we have with Cleveland last week? Can we get enough of those that it kind of offsets the rest and then we just take the 50-50s and, and just say whatever? Uh, so, again, always shopping around for good prices. Don't forget about that. Make sure you have multiple sports books. Uh, always, even though – uh, whatever pick you, whatever number you get on Cleveland is going to be good value, whether it's minus 133, minus 140, minus 150 are all tremendous value, but we just want to make sure uh, that we are getting uh, the best possible price. It's going to add up in the long run of the course of the season. So make sure you shop around. Uh, but either way, we like Cleveland here wrapping us up Monday night. Jake, that is the six games we're going to cover here. Again, the rest of the games over on Dub Club. Got two more A-grade picks over there, giving away a bunch of the good ones here on this show for you for free. If you're not with us, they're over on Dub Club. But remember, if you're uh, not we got all the college triple a grades over there all the mlba grades all sorts of goodies there check out that link in the show description for all the other non-nfl things jake do you have any parting words for our viewer heading into nfl week two 
Not really. Just good luck to everybody's fantasy team except for the ones mine are going against. So, I think we're actually playing this week. Are you and I playing oh, well, the I, this week? I, I think yeah. we are. I, I don't know. I haven't looked. I think we are. It's going to be a... a it's going to be a fun one. Um, I think I think we might actually have the two best teams in the league for now. But I said that in fantasy baseball, that my fantasy baseball team, just like everybody got hurt and completely fall apart. So you never know week to week how it's going to go, right? No, it's, I'm, I'm done with that in one of my other fantasy baseball teams. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, thanks for tuning into this episode of Picks with the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can ensure the sports betting content from right on this channel. Shipped right into your feed back all week. We've got college football content already out. We've got baseball content coming at you all week. So Make sure to catch all of that. But as always, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.